Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kirstie. Hey, Kim. Did you ever read all of the Mother Goose nursery rhymes when you were a kid? I totally did. In fact, I used to listen to them being sung to me, like on a cassette tape. And I'm, I would sing sorry. along. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did you did you just say on a cassette tape? I know, I'm so <laughs> old. <laughs> you're dating yourself a bit there, yes. Indeed yes. I am. I really am. But <laughs> The Real Dada Mother Goose, a treasury of complete nonsense written by John Seska and illustrated by Julia Rothman, is a brilliant book of balderdash. That is the perfect way to describe this book. It's brilliant, 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 and perfect. And I have a <laughs> feeling that this interview might go a little off the rails too. Perhaps. But we shall perhaps. see. <laughs> We're excited to talk with John, Julia, and their editor, Liz Bicknell, about the creative process behind this book. Let's talk. John. Where did you get the idea for this story? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's just pure nonsense. Uh, in the best way. In the it best came, way. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just as it came out recently. And it was really out of my experience teaching and living with like second graders. Seven, eight-year-olds are just full of nonsense. And they love nonsense. So true. That's, that's <laughs> so how they true. The world. It's I used to teach second grade too, so oh. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> love that age. And mm-hmm. I specifically remember like putting this book together. I just, it was the middle of the winter. I looked up all the dates of when we were doing this. It was way back in uh, January of 2015 uh, when wow. I finally wrestled it onto the paper. I just took out everything from my bookshelves that I liked. And it turned out to be a bunch of Zen koans and funny things and nonsense stories and jokes. And I just thought, hey, what if we took something classic? What do I like to do? Like take something classic and mess it up. So how about (laughs) nursery rhymes? Um, So perfect. And the other key piece is a book I've loved forever called Exercises in Style by a writer from, oh man, he was like back in the 50s, I think, Raymond Quinault. He retold one little story 99 different ways. It was just a guy getting on a bus thinking about a button on his overcoat. <laughs> so I thought, Outstanding. Oh my that? goodness. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's wonderful. 
that's that's wonderful. And then throw in a bunch of Dada artists who I've always loved too, um, Duchamp and Hannah Hoke and which Twitters. Can we just pause for a second and have you explain what that is? Because when I first went into reading the book, I didn't know what that was, and I got to the page in the back matter. Yeah, and that changed everything. I had to go back and reread it all over again because it was just such a new experience. Well, it was a great art movement in back in 1916. It has a lot of similarities to now. Like the world was on fire, just falling apart. It was World War I. Bodies were getting thrown just needlessly into trenches and fighting. And so a bunch of artists just said, you know what? Like rational thought is not doing us any good. How about nonsense? How about let's just throw everything <laughs> out the window? Love and it. it was that era um, when commercial printing was just starting up with magazines and images and things. And so what they did, they were among the first to cut things up and collage them together. So they were just ripping everything apart in the same way that Julie and I have, and then put it back together in a different way to get some new knowledge, just to shake it up. I mean, this is the moment where Duchamp is putting uh, the mustache on the Mona Lisa Mm-hmm. A, a urinal to the uh, art to say like oh yeah this is art <laughs> <laughs> different perspectives i love it yeah and it was around <laughs> the world it started in switzerland a lot of uh, european artists then later came to new york and now it's kind of spun off i think it's really the heart of a lot of modern art picasso and joseph cornell some more of my favorites well wonderful this book is so much fun it is so much well, fun. Well, that was the key piece, too. And that's the other piece that comes out of teaching uh, is that I've always realized you have to engage kids before you can, I don't know, before they even bother to read. If, if yeah. they're not going to go past the first page, you've lost it. Absolutely. And that's what the publishing, like Liz and Candlewick does, too. You have to have, like, that killer cover, that first grab and mm-hmm. hold on for dear life. <laughs> it's Absolutely. so true. It's so true. So Liz, what was it about this story that made you want to acquire it? I immediately had that feeling of homecoming. It's mm-hmm. it's a sort of instinctive <laughs> feeling. You can't actually ascribe any logic to it. It's just your head starts sort of exploding with the rightness of this thing. And that's how I felt. Um, I'd never worked with John before, so it wasn't as if we had a long history of working together, but I really felt like there can't possibly be a more perfect publisher and house for this book than I am. Like, that's not bragging. That's just saying, (laughs) you know, all roads lead here. And so that was really how I felt about it from the start. I appreciated Nursery Rhymes as a child, but I came to appreciate them in a very different way as an adult. And there's a line from Iona Opie that I actually treasure. And she says, um, it's important to maintain an, a nursery rhymical attitude. And I'm <laughs> paraphrasing that. now, but <laughs> the bumps and bruises of everyday life will seem completely um, you know, ab- you're able to conquer them because you have a nursery rhymical attitude. So love that. that's what I have. <laughs> that's, yeah, wonder- that's where Liz and I, um, w- once we met, I mean, I knew her from working uh, with, or just of her from working with Mac Barnett and John Clausen, who are both friends of mine. And just the beautiful books that Candlewick has been putting out since Liz got there. And then once Liz and I started talking, we were just like, 
crazy people are going like, what, the Opies? You met the Opies? I love the Opies. Here's all my Opie books over here. <laughs> because Playground Rhymes, that is just one of my favorite books. It's such a deep piece of like kids' anthropology and study and, and validating kids going like, oh, wait, there's something good going on here. Yes. So Liz, what was the illustrator selection process like? In this particular case, because the book felt so unique right from the very start, it wasn't just the illustrator search that was important. It was also thinking about, you know, how many pages it should be, what the trim size should be, you know, what the target age reader was I mean we all agreed that it's for a child who has read the nursery rhymes and is sufficiently past them in cognitive and literary ability about how the book would look and you know feel in your hand and what what all of those details of trim size and length would communicate to a kid Julia, there's so many brilliant things about this book, but what was it for you that made you want to work on the project? I uh, was, I'm very connected in the world of illustration. I have done a few kids' books, but it's not the main thing that I do. I do a lot of editorial, and I do this column in the New York Times, and uh, it was, I think, just a way for us to connect. So we hung out at a bar for a drink. I think that was what it was. Was it lunch or a drink? It was a drink. Yeah, it was just a drink. I found our email again just to figure out when it was. And it was my son-in-law, Steven Weinberg, who had a contact with Julia. And we were all in Brooklyn at that point. Uh, and I said, we, I'm just looking for like some great like collage artist. I said, oh, Julia knows everybody. Ask her. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we were sitting there in the bar and he's like, this is the kind of collage I'm thinking of. And I really wanted to look like this. And here he had, I think you had the manuscript with you even, or some of them. Yeah, it was a pretty well done manuscript at that point. And was showing me all this stuff. And I was like, I was envisioning it in my head while he was Mm. talking. And then he sort of said, so you know anyone? And I was like, are you asking? I I think (laughs) I was very direct. And I said, are you asking me if I can do this? Or are you looking for me to tell you somebody, to suggest somebody? And he said, well, I don't know. I think he said, either way, I don't know. <laughs> well, you and, gave a couple half-hearted recommendations going like, well, here's somebody, but I think she's in France. I don't know. And you <laughs> kind of think, I, like, I don't know what was going on, but now I know. It was, I think, just the wheels in your head going like, I see this thing. Hmm. And when you asked it, are you asking me? I said, uh, that would be like beyond great. <laughs> yeah, and also I felt like, the artist should I just had a vision I was like the art should only use the art from the original book and it should only collage that there shouldn't be anything extra and I was like telling John these things and then I was like hey can I try a few spreads just to see if you know I don't do collage usually so I was like let me just try it and see if I can get it to somewhere you think it's working for you and uh, just as an experiment and that's how it happened Wow. Yeah, and almost instantly. And we were so drawn to Julia's stuff, like Liz and everyone at Candlewick. And I realized, like, this is like a manic kind of manuscript. There is so much going on with these variations. <laughs> like, we need some calm. We need some continuity. Um, 
just because it was just like it you had you needed something to bring it to hold it together and julia this line drawing is just so elegantly light and funny and beautiful it's like a, the reaction you guys both had is exactly what we were hoping where people would look at it first and go this is hysterical <laughs> this is funny who are these little geese in boots right <laughs> in more and go like wait a minute what's going on there's a lot exactly going on here. and now they have hats and binoculars and a yeah. magnifying glass and and... I, julie i think the first one because and that was really julie's just absolutely brilliant idea of like we could do everything we could collage everything we could do a lot of everything but oh let's Let's give us ourselves our, our own rules that it would only come from this book that was yeah. published in 1916, which is the same year, coincidentally, that Dada Art started. It was just, it just, really? it just yeah, it's one of those things that's just so right. So yeah. interesting. So everything is from Blanche Fisher Wright's book and her art, which goes largely uncredited. I mean, she gets... No one knows much about her. It's just her name, which was why both Julie and I dedicated the book to her. Yeah. Because we took all of that art and Julia just said, let's only use things from the book or my drawings. And mm -hmm. like, oh, what elegance. It, brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant. It's so well done. So let's move back to the words a little bit. John. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Your word choice, the onomatopoeia, the rhyme scheme, it just all comes together to make this fun, educational, nonsensical, like you said, hysterical yeah. story. Mm -hmm. So, can you share with us what the writing process was like for this book? Yeah, where do you begin to write a book <laughs> like this? Where do you start? Um, it's it's so classically me. It's almost like a parody of me. I wish I I, I can't. But oh, I, I it. thought of like I should redo nursery rhymes. Like, what? Who's? Why didn't you think of that before? <laughs> uh, and I've always been stumped by that question when kids inevitably ask in the question and answer, like, "Where do you get your ideas?" or "How do you make a book?" They're they're kind mm -hmm. of that same answer. Like, "How do I do this? How do I get started?" And it's so gigantic. I just go like, well, I was born as a little boy. <laughs> and then three hours later, the kid's are like, yeah, great. Okay, never mind. I, I didn't ask. They're like, I can't use any of that. I don't know yeah, what you're I saying. Anyway. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care you were a teacher. I don't care you got an MFA from Columbia <laughs> University. Like, none of that matters. Um, but what it was is I just, I was so electrified by realizing like stinky cheese man messes around with fairy tales like these are even more elemental these are some stories and and just the oral tradition from hundreds of years ago yes mm -hmm. one of the first english printings was john newberry's stepson i think back in the 1700s and it's just like oh and like liz said they're just once they're in your mind um everyone knows like Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall and you know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like, wow, how about if I mess with that? <laughs> um, and the other great like snippet uh, definition of that was from one of those question and answer periods where the kid asked me where did I get my ideas and a little girl raised her hand and I called on her and she said, I know where you get your ideas. You take other people's stuff and mess it up. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> 
Brilliant. That's right. actually That's pretty exactly perfect. That's right. Yeah. Okay, thank you, and good night. Thanks. You're, like, writing that down for next <laughs> yeah, time. I totally did. I use that all the time now because it's exactly what I do. Each nursery rhyme has is rewritten or messed up in, in different ways. So where did you come up with, like, all of those different structures or, or That's just formats? Like, once you think about something like that, you'd be amazed. You're just walking down the street and you're like, oh, I could do it as an advertisement. Oh, mm-hmm. I, could I looked up some of our old notes, uh, my old notes that I had. And it was just like, oh, how about stick figures? Or one I'm <laughs> sorry we missed, Julia, was like, oh, how about an airline instruction pamphlet? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's that's part of the thing Liz and I wrestled with even before we approached Julia was like, all right, in theory, like, any of these rhymes can be used with any of these variations. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just yes. mind-bogglingly. And the same with Julie and I started working. I gave her this broad idea of like, you know what, we can switch any of these around. If hieroglyphics doesn't work with one, let's mess around mm-hmm. a little bit. With right. Um, and we kind of did just so it's got some pacing too. Uh-huh. Because otherwise it becomes just too much, <laughs> too many choices. <laughs> well, actually, we would love to know, Liz, what the editing process was like for you as you were working with John and Julia? Oh, I'm not at liberty to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think what she meant to say was just a dream. That's <laughs> I think my role was trying to impose sanity where I could. <laughs> I don't even see how that's possible. <laughs> I obviously was not terribly successful. <laughs> but in the best way. In the best way possible. I no, love I it. Liz, complete. You undersell yourself. You were such a champion of this. And this took so long. It did from, take a long time. Like 2016. We were working on it. And it just it worked sometimes. And it didn't work other times. And, and then, of course, I, we had a plague. And then the planet blew up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, indeed. That messed things up a bit. My favorite thing you ever said, Liz, from like, we're in the depths of just like, oh my God, is this ever going to (laughs) work? And she just said, you know what? We're just like a car with one headlight driving in the fog at times. And we can see just this little bit in front of us. So let's just keep driving along. That's smart. I love that. That's Love it. Pretty good. That's and it absolutely was what we were doing. We weren't. We couldn't quite see the end. We were a long way from the beginning, but we were still driving, and we hadn't fallen off the cliff completely yet. Ran into <laughs> some good. bushes. Right. Two trees. wheels were still on Two ground. Wheels were there. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Well, you know the the words as hilarious as they are, the the art adds just it bumps it up even more. And mm-hmm. Julia, can you share with us a little bit about? How did you go about illustrating this this book? I guess I thought of each page as sort of a puzzle. And if he had the word version of it, I had to do the visual version of it. Um, and we it was pretty collaborative, more than normal, I would say. And we would go back and forth a little bit. So it wasn't just me alone. I feel like there was input from other, even the big group of us, we all had input about how these would look. But I guess it was taking, I always started with the original art and then kind of deciding what pieces I wanted to keep and what pieces I would have to draw to make something work. Um, But just sort of 
playing with it as a puzzle and then trying to represent what was happening visually. So if things were being rearranged, then, then the art was being rearranged. Or if all the text was just upside down, the art was just turned upside down. Things like mm-hmm. following mm-hmm. the rules. I love that. It was, it was very fun. This is the kind of book that a child is going to pick up over and over and over again and spend hours pouring over it and then creating their own yeah. iterations. It's yes. just such a brilliant, wonderful, wonderful idea. Well, that's my other great hope with everything I do. I, the, the other thing I love to hear when kids are at the question and answer period, like we'll show the whole book and then they'll say at the end, I could do that. It's like, yes. yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Why not? Do. Like go, and that's why we put all the back matter in the back, which Liz and I had mm-hmm. on from the beginning to say like, like, let's make this easy for everybody. Like every reader, every kid, every teacher, every mom. Yeah. Um, and just go like, oh, that's what the military alphabet is. <laughs> yes. And the possibilities are endless yeah. for yeah. creativity and all of this. I just, endless. it is, it's, yeah, it is mind blowing. So is. we have one last question for all of you. We're going to start with you, Julia. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope they know that they can mess things up and try their own versions and, there's endless possibilities, but also I want them to look at this and just laugh and just have fun and just enjoy paging through as, you know, a break from all the madness happening. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. We all could use a break from all the madness for sure. How about you, Liz? Same question. <laughs> well, I hope that kids discover that Google Translate is not reliable. (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. I love it. What about you, John? I hope people just pick this book up and and page to it and first just laugh and just keep laughing and then go like, ooh, I could do some of this. And then maybe follow that by going like, hey, yeah, what are those things? What are nursery rhymes? And why do I know those? A big thank you to John, Julia, and Liz for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for the real Dada Mother Goose. Check out the show notes to learn more about John and Julia. Don't forget, subscribing to the podcast ensures you won't miss an episode, and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening, and happy Happy looking. looking! Picture Book Look is produced by Kirstie Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.